Hey everyone, welcome to the Withering Effect episode 62. Today's date is September 12, 2020, and I am Duds, or Duds versus Gnomes, the rest of the interwebs. And I'm Jimbo, you may know me as Jimbo Slice 23 and today we got a special guest, member of the Ripple Effect server, friend of ours, Brownie Bits. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you guys for having me. You actually get to say friend of the show now. Yeah. Yeah. We've been waiting a long, like we've had you planned for what, six weeks now? I think it has been, maybe longer? Yeah, something like that. Thing is, I wanted you on the show because I've been to your world, mm -hmm. Brownie Land. And uh, as soon as I went there and saw all these amazing builds, and it's not just, you know, a, a city or, you know, you got a mega base somewhere. These builds are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, the scale you use, I notice, is just amazing. There's little builds everywhere, and they all have a story behind that. And we'll get into that later, our main topic. But I just wanted to say how amazing it was, and I couldn't wait to get you on to talk about this. Yeah, I I was excited to join. Um, I mean, it, it lore is a huge part for me. And uh, I love to build. Mm -hmm. And then listening to your show, I was like, if these guys say they want me on, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll usually start with uh, what we've done this week. Is there anything you'd like to mention? Well, I've done a couple live streams. Uh, so the big thing is when we updated to 1.16 for Brownie Land, because um, it it's actually been trans uh, transferred into my viewer server as well. But when we updated, I took the old end out so I could basically make it its own dimension because uh, that plays into the story of the world. Uh, but when I reset the end and the nether, the end borked. And it uh, when we fought the dragon seven times, none of the outer end portals spawned. Oh. So I had to go back through. I pulled up an old... Uh, world that I had created at the very, very beginning of the world and spawned in all of the portals, making sure they all worked and everything was good, and then put it back onto the server. And I was like, I'm not rebuilding the Wither Rose farm or the uh, Ender Ender again in survival because I've done that twice. Mm -hmm. So uh, I had one of my mods uh, join me for two streams and we built both of those in creative. Um, out in the outer islands so that um, we access it through a, one of those portals and people don't necessarily have to worry about breaking anything when they want to spawn the dragon again. I've got one of those Wither Rose farms and I get scared to death that somebody's going to fly by there at some point and they're going to be in for a crazy time. Since I wasn't creative, I just boxed it all in in bedrock. So <laughs> there's no way you can get in yeah. <laughs> other than falling down that, that tube, which... At that point, that's your own fault. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, it's a way to do it. I wish we could have bedrock in survival. Oh, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Be the ultimate block. So what did you guys do this uh, this week? Uh, well, I guess I'll go first. I went and made more flying TNT dupers. Oh, how Ooh. original, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm going nuts with these things. If it's the first year I've made these, and uh, I love them. Yeah. And they're so easy to make. I I have this big plan. I've told you about it quite a few times, you know, to make this huge hole, a bowl-shaped hole. And uh, I'm not digging it myself. So these flying machines are like my favorite new toy. 
And uh, actually, I streamed today, and I had to tear a bunch down and rebuild them, and then take out the take out a bunch more land. And I had more time left on my stream. I had like a half hour left. I did that now in like an hour and a half. Yeah. So it's really not it's not as hard as you'd think. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really enjoying it. Uh, besides that, I did some redstone. Tried to make my own shulker box loader. I have it on my previous episode, and uh, it went okay. Uh, I figured out how to collect the items, uh, dispense the shulker box. Uh, once it's full, it does break the shulker box and store it in a chest. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I had trouble shortening the signal because once you compare a shulker box, once it's full. It's got a full signal strength, and I couldn't shorten that signal to read it any, I don't know, to, to make it more compact. Yeah. So I have this long redstone line coming out from the shulker box <laughs> to lead it to the system to trigger everything once it's full. That was my only issue, but besides that, it went pretty well, and uh, that's that's about it for my week. I mean, on the shulker box thing, couldn't you use a shulker box with a comparator that's not exactly full, but just enough uh, full? It gives a signal strength of 14. So whenever your shulker box hits a signal strength of 15, it'll send the pulse through. Well, I, I tried doing that. I didn't know how to hook that up to where it would override the 14 or how to shorten that. I don't know either. I'm just saying that's where I would have started. But it sounds like you already were there. I remember you mentioned that, and I tried it. I don't know. I can't do redstone. I come to find out, I, I do all this shulker box uh, loader thing, and then I look over, and I done made one already in creative. It's sitting right there in front of me. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I like st- start hitting myself. I'm like, no way. There's one right there. And uh, I went to go use it, and I don't think it's working mm. from the new update because every time an item goes through the hopper, it triggers and triggers and triggers it doesn't won't let it fill up so that's uh that's no longer good i'm gonna have to use my design anyway use the tnt flying machine just blow it up there you go I yeah like that. that that'd be fun now i see you working with those machines and it's really cool i'll give it that the days mm. of mass mining are long long behind us right i don't think i'd ever want to hold that big though. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad I'm watching you fly around this hole, and you don't even see the other side of it. No. The render distance keeps that from happening. Yeah, I overdid it for sure. But the thing is, like, I I have my witch hut and my uh, pillager outpost, and I want to put them in the the area. And to put them Mm -hmm. in the area, I need a 301-sized circle. So I had no choice. That's the, the circle I needed with the math that I did. Oh, no. If you get to do at least half of what you've talked to me about what it's going to be like in the end, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm super excited to see it. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But my week was not as interesting. Um, I basically spent two days on Replay Mod because Hmm. FMPEG, whatever that is, FMMPEG, I don't even know anymore. I got so frustrated with it. Yeah. I kept forgetting to update that thing, and it was causing me some issues. And then I decided, so the way I've been doing it is I have a sodium version. Well, not anymore because I don't think sodium's updated. But I was using Optifine for 116.2, and then I have a replay profile for replay mod. 
and I got sick and tired of every time I want to use replay mod having to back out because anyone who watches my stream and I crash and I have to restart Minecraft, it takes at least two minutes to get back to the screen where I can choose the server. Mm-hmm. It is slow, which is weird because I have mm. the program running on SSDs. It shouldn't be so slow, but yeah. So I was like, I want one profile. I want Optifine on this thing. I know it can be done. Jimbo said it can be done. And then I needed to go through the settings to make sure it stopped recording every time I joined into a world and everything like that. So that took another night of figuring out, but I got that set up. So I'm one profile now, and I'm pretty excited about except for I'll record something, stop the recording, and then when I exit, I forget I have to wait for it to save the replay. Yeah. So I've already corrupted some footage doing that. That's not good. Yeah, next time you sign in, you have to assure that you want that footage. If you accidentally hit no, you done lost it all because you didn't wait the previous time. It was just placing black concrete for an hour, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I got enough footage, so when people watch the time lapse, they'll understand what was going on. But other than that, I mean, it was just resource grinding all week, making a shulker box full of black concrete, because that's what it took to make my ceiling, which is insane. I was like, oh, this will take like 10 to 12 stacks of concrete. That's it. Nope. Way wrong. Took like 25 stacks, and then I needed... So I'm putting nether stars on the ceiling that's what i did during stream today to make it uh act like regular stars mm-hmm. uh, and invisible item frames tango tech did the same thing and decked out and i was like i have to have that in my storage room it's yeah. gonna look awesome so i needed to get leather from my cow farm which is only like 20 something cows so there was afk and feeding cows a lot and then i needed sticks for the uh Item frames, had to do that. Then I needed wither skulls because I was like, my 40 wither skulls isn't going to be enough. So I got over a stack wither skulls. <laughs> Turns out that's not enough. I need more. <laughs> wow. Yeah, a lot of resource gathering. And not to mention on top of that, my plan for this episode is to do the end portal room. And I barely have enough resources for that. I got to go mine some end stone and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's just grinding this week. That's all it is. But I really want to get the storage room finished first. I've been in there for like three episodes now. I'm ready to move out. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my week. Not bad. Nothing impressive. Other than I keep dying from Endermen. Still. I'm telling you guys, I'm sick of them. Oh my gosh, I hate Endermen. They sneak in your base still? Yep. I'm telling you, I had a zombie and a creeper and a skeleton enter my base. No problem. Run over, jump, critical hit, and then do a swipe, and all of them die. Two hits. Hmm. Enderman spawns in there. I run up, jump, critical hit, swipe, 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 and then it dies. It's like, what yeah. the heck? Why do they have so many hearts? <laughs> I mean, look at the size of that thing's legs. I could hit it with an axe and it would be crippled and it wouldn't move. Yeah, all you do yeah. is trip it. So my new uh, theory is, or not theory, but game plan is I stare at it until it chases me and then I run by a boat I've got sitting on the ground. Oh, nice. And then it gets stuck in the boat. I'm like, that's what you get for being stupid. (laughs) (laughs) We also did a little skit together, so. We did. Well, we did multiple skits together, but I messed up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's fixed. Well, the one skit's fixed. The lawyer skit is not. No? You messed up there? It messed up everywhere. Oh. Whenever I changed my skin, OBS decided to quit working. Oh, man, OBS. Yeah. For some reason, it does that for me. If I have OBS open before Minecraft, it will not get any desktop audio sounds. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that was a major issue for me for a long time. I hate it. 
Well, hey, I'm always down to do another one. We might have to. I'm just going to see how I want this footage to work. I'm already halfway through my episode, which surprises me. I don't want to be that far ahead. So the uh, lawyer skit might be shortened to a overtalk or overdub, whatever you want to call it. But I'll figure it out. If I need to do some recording with you, I'll, I'll let you know. I know where you're at. Yeah, you you know where to find me. I know where your witch hut lives. <laughs> yeah, that, that too. All right. Enough jibber and jabber. Should we get into the news? Yeah. We have a lot of news today, and I'm going to let Jimbo do it all. Deep breath. Point sixteen point three is out. You messed it up, man. <laughs> you said point sixteen point three. Did I? <laughs> I said I said one, didn't I? I didn't hear one. It may have cut out for me. Yeah, I didn't hear a one either. It might have cut out. Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah, I was taking my breath and breathing out, and your RTX, RTX voice, voice decides. Yeah, if it's not like a voice voice, it's like, well, we're not sure. We're just going to cut that out. We don't know what he's doing. Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> it is out now, so enjoy the new update. Not many fixes. We mentioned that on the previous episode. Yep, just a duplication glitch and a pathfinding glitch. That's all for the news. Just means more of the nether is going to try to kill me now, so thanks. Woohoo! Good, no, uh, <laughs> good news is Optifine's at 99% complete, mm -hmm. so... That's cool. <laughs> Keep rubbing it in, Jimbo. I just got Optifine and Replay Mod on the same profile. It's like, oh, time to update. <laughs> yeah, eventually. It took two days, man. It's a good what, but it's uh, it's uh, going pretty fast. So hopefully it won't be too long. Besides, our server hasn't updated yet. You still got a little bit of time. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna push an update. I think everyone kind of understands not to take advantage of a duplication glitch. Oh yeah. And then we'll wait for a replay mod and Optifine to be fully done so everyone can have their tools they like to use. I'm good with that. Yeah, same here. Uh, no listener comments this week, but we do have a Discord ad. This week's Discord ad is from the one and only Link. Take it away, Link. Hello there, miners and crafters. This is Link. Come and join me on the Withering Effect Discord. It's a great place to hang out with the people that work on the show and other fellow listeners like yourselves. The link is in the show notes. Join today and let's discuss the game we love. All right. Thanks again, Link, for the Discord ad. Best part about Discord is you get to vote for Block of the Week. So we're going to go ahead and jump into that as our next segment. Man, we're flying through the show, guys. <laughs> we need to come up with lots of stuff for Block of the Week. Yeah, wait till you see. Yeah. This week on Discord, the following blocks Jimbo and I have to discuss are the lectern, hay bale, and barrel. Jimbo, which one won? The winner this week is... Hay bale. Congratulations, hay bale. I know you guys Ooh. are doing this stuff on purpose, trying to make me come up with improvements for hard-to-do blocks. <laughs> yeah, so the votes were 13 for the lectern, lectern uh, 13 for the barrel, and 27 for the hay bale. Come on! Very surprised. I wanted the barrel so badly. Yeah? I thought I had some cool stuff for the barrel, and then I see hay bale. I'm like, oh, man. Well, there can't be too many blocks left, so it'll be coming back around. Yeah, it'll come back That's around. That's your chance. But now no one's going to vote for it, because I said all that. I may have uh, voted for the lectern to make the uh, lectern and barrel tie. Dang it, Brownie. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jimbo don't mind. 
It would it wouldn't have helped any other way. No, no. <laughs> uh, so I got some a few things uh, on the hay bale. It is crafted crafted with nine wheat. It can be found naturally in most villages and pillager outposts as a scarecrow. Uh, it's mined with a hoe. You can use your hand, but a hoe is the tool of choice. Mines it quicker. Uh, it's used to feed horses, llamas, and reduces fall damage. And uh, placing a hay bale under a campfire creates a higher smoke signal. I always thought that was really cool. Nice. So now comes the part where we have to improve the hay bale. And to just improve the hay bale as it is, the easiest thing for me would be to allow you to dye the string texture. Because as of right now, it's always red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a custom texture on top of it. So let us dye it like beds. Whatever. String's normally white, so when we make a hay bale... Do you make a hay bale with string anymore? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you, it, it, it has to be held together. My family farm, so... No, I mean, like, in the recipe, the crafting recipe. Oh, in the recipe, no. Okay. No, it's just wheat. I just mentioned it. But in real life, the strings that I meant, that I used were usually orange. Yeah, orange or red. I want purple strings, so... There. <laughs> no, I think... The color of the strings could be a nice little touch and would be something quite easy to do. Uh, One of the other things, this is not so much hay bales as maybe the wheat, but using hay bales or wheat to allow you to craft a a bedroll. And the difference between a bedroll and a bed would be the bed is obviously where you would respawn, but a bedroll would let you sleep through the night without setting a respawn point. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like that. If you're out somewhere, but you don't want to change your respawn point, but you need to sleep, you have that option. Yeah. Biggest change I had was to make a hay bale a point of interest. Since we have that for villagers, why not have that for animals like horses and cows? So if you place a hay bale down and there are horses or cows within like, I don't know, 64 blocks or something like that, they would be naturally drawn to the hay bale because that's something they like to eat. Yeah. Could be an easy way to move bobs. Especially when you're kind of stuck. Like, if you got to move 10 cows, how much easier would it be to build a pen and just put a hay bale in the middle of it? Be very nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go in there and feed them without them trying to escape on you. I'm sorry if you guys hear me, like, sniffle. My nose just started running as soon as we started the show. <laughs> I have so many weird things happen to me as soon as we hit the record button. <laughs> I have a fly flying around my head, and it's bugging the crap out of me. I- I've become numb to them. There's been so many in my house. It's, it gets annoying when they land on you, and you feel them when they, like, leave your <laughs> arm. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's annoying. No, thank you. <laughs> I had one hit me in the eye today. Mm. What the heck? <laughs> I'm, like, telling my parents this. I'm like, well, you need to clean your house. That's what it is. It's like, I've scrubbed this house top to bottom with bleach, and they don't go away. Yeah, I got two dogs, and my basement is just hot, so they're just, I mean, they're not everywhere down here, but there's just a couple of men, and they're so annoying. Oh, we got them everywhere. I think it's because the last couple of weeks has been constantly damp. Where you have so much cloud cover, it only rains maybe once a week, but it never gets sunny enough for the grass to dry. So everything's just wet. So we get these gnats flying around. Gnats are better than flies, but still annoying. Yeah, yeah. no, they're not. Not when there's 40 of them. Oh, the little gnat clouds? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine one of those inside your house. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you take like one of those small bottles of water mm-hmm. and poke a pretty decent, not like crazy big, but you know, a couple pokes of uh, like a pen needle at the top, 
and put apple cider vinegar in the bottom, you can capture all those gnats. That's what we're doing. We have a dish in the kitchen with some apple cider in it, and I've got a cup in my office because for some reason they're drawn to my office. And I think it's all the like lights that are going on in here. Yeah, we're doing the apple cider things, and that works better than... And we tried fly traps and stuff, but apple cider vinegar works better than all of it. It's amazing how well that stuff works. <laughs> and it's extremely scary when you look in the cup and you just see how many are in there. Ugh. You're just like, what the heck? <laughs> Luckily, they're not in the bedrooms. I want to know where they're coming from. Like, we have this thing in the house where there's tubes that you can uh, inject, like, bug spray in, so the entire inside of the walls get coated in it. And it's like, why isn't that stopping gnats? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, off of bug topics, <laughs> let's get into our main topic. I'm going to let Jimbo introduce it, because he had to say something with his big mouth there in pre-show. Yeah, now I forgot. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, so... So we brought Brownie on to talk about a little bit of lore, and he has five segments to, that he uh, goes through to set up the lore in his builds, and uh, I'm going to let you take the floor. Well, um, so basically whenever I start a new section of lore, I ask myself five questions, um, and I've done this several times as Jimbo saw and anybody else has, has seen um, watching my series, which... By the way, that world turns four years old on the 25th of this month. So, wow. Oh, wow. Exciting. So, uh, and we just crossed 5,000 hours of playtime in the world, too, which is also exciting. Man, you could definitely tell there's been a lot of time spent there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so these starting points that I always ask myself are who are they? Where are they? What do they eat? What do they build with? And what level of tech are they? I really like these five starting points because it kind of gives you everything you need to know to build off of that. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, what are they? What are their names, likes, activities, uh, belief systems, skills, needs, kind of just basics about the people themselves. And then, for instance, my uh, city of Gaelstrom, which is my fantasy modern city based off of the end cities. Mm -hmm. uh, my who are they is uh, it was an alien race that as they were exploring the cosmos, they found this peaceful area and um, they have a few sports and music venues that they brought with them. But the major part of their society is actually science. So they're very science and studying type of uh, society. Yeah. The where are they? Uh, that can include biomes. So what, what biomes do they like to live in? What biomes do they hate to go to? What are their surroundings like? I really like using the, the surrounding biomes in Minecraft, mm -hmm. but creating your own biomes can actually extend that lore a little bit better too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For Gaelstrom, they live in a plains biome at the foot of a large mountain range. Um, they are actually from a distant planet, which I haven't really come up with anything about that per se. Um, but the terrain is very, very different to that from Earth. Um, and I'm kind of using the end uh, generation as kind of an idea for how their terrain generates, only it's not a void. It's an actual planet. The what do they eat? So this would be what crops do they farm? What animals do they raise or hunt? Are they hunters and gatherers? Or are they farmers? Or, so, you know, along those lines. Uh, the people of Gaelstrom. 
they actually eat primarily chorus fruit because that comes from forest trees that uh, are native to their planet and they brought with them. And since it's such a major part of their society, they wanted to bring that that plant with them. What do they build with? Uh, That would be what blocks are around them, what trees, stone materials. That kind of gets into the biomes, but this would be more of how they use that stuff. So what do they build with in Gaelstrom? Endstone is a major portion of it. They use bricks out of it and that type of stuff. The purper, which is made from the chorus tree, which ties back into the importance of that tree to their society. And then I also put up that they use concrete, woods, and metals from the New World. So these are things that they've discovered uh, in their travels in this, this New World. So they're kind of using what they've found rather than just bringing all of the materials. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of gives that connection to the rest of the world. And then finally, what level of tech? So this can be anything from how do they defend themselves, armor types, are are they more technologically advanced with like firearms or are they are their weapons more swords and arrows? What are their building techniques? So like what tools do they use with them? Do they use heavy machinery or are they mainly like old levies and, and pulleys and that type of stuff. Yeah. And then another major thing that I really like to discuss is what type of transportation? Do they use horses? Do they have carriages? Do they Are they more modern and have like vehicles? Do they fly? That type of stuff. So the level of tech that I put uh, for Gaelstrom is it's a fantasy modern city. So they use, they have special cranes and heavy machinery that they brought with them from their planet. They did find some basic tools that worked really well with some of the basic materials that they found around. So they do use that. Um, So they would use some axes that they wouldn't need on their home planet. Yeah. And then to create the concrete, obviously, they have some other uh, tools that would create that as well. That's kind of how I go about um, doing it with a a pretty decent example, I I feel, for, for each one. Definitely. And one of the things I went with when you came to the biomes they live in and the materials they build with, if you want to look for a super simple version of what Brownie Bits is saying, look at Minecraft Villages Mm -hmm. because Mojang does a pretty good job of, hey, this is a biome. These are the materials in this biome. Yeah. The villagers are obviously going to use those materials. Yep. So when like you said, when you create your own biome, now you've really expanded materials and stuff. Your uh, lore uh, people can use. I don't know a better word for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Minecraft gives a little bit of lore to each building, too, because they give you, like, the fisherman's hut. You know, they got the barrels on the outside and, like, a little pond. And, you know, they're, they're kind of getting into that a little bit more. You see it more and more in each update, even in the uh, nether. Uh-huh. You know, you got the the bastions and how mm-hmm. they live and you know that crazy unique uh building and it's it's cool and, and then they bring in the lore with the gold you know yep uh how they really like the gold and you got the gold ore in the nether now it's real interesting how they're doing that absolutely and i think mojang does a fantastic job of presenting these five questions in a built state Mm -hmm. so you have all these answers 
right there, right in front of you when you come across that village, when you come across that pillager outpost or any vanilla structure really in the game, you have all of these answers already answered for you. You just have to find them. I I really like the fact that they do that um, with, with that because it kind of helps you to create your own lore and backstory for these people by giving you a great base to build off of. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like Mojang gives you a little dip of the toe in the water. It's like, here's a good starting point. Now we want you to expand. Like, use your imagination to make what we gave you way better. Absolutely. And that's like when people were asking for super detailed villages, it's like, but that's not what Mojang wants. They they want to give you something nice to start with, but they want to see you go crazy with it. How would you make that village super detailed? Exactly. How do you see what these villagers do on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. Are they are all farmers? Or are these librarians really getting to town teaching these villagers how to build some houses? Absolutely. Like when we were going through your world and I'm seeing all these different builds and uh, I come across, you know, it's like a little house in the woods. And uh, you went on with like a 20 minute story about this little house. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you thought of all this. It's so cool. And it just made that little house and all the details even better. You know, they're like, it's like, oh, yeah, and he's got a fire here because, you know, it gets cold. It's like, wow, dude, I would have. I would have never thought of this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you actually had me on, and uh, we did a uh, a little cave. Yeah. Because uh, I mentioned a troll, well, I think it was, or like a monster, a troll kind of beast yeah, we were going yeah. to build. And uh, I, I I was so excited after listening you know, to your lore stories and all these builds. I was like, I want to be a part of this. You know, I want <laughs> one. I want to do this. So I was like, let's let's do a troll, right? And then and then you went on, you were like, yeah, and we can have a little room over here where a little, you know, like a, what is it, uh, a shun troll can be in here where he wants to be like the humans, you know, and he has, he has pictures up and he wants to be, you know, he wants to mingle with the humans, but this troll is, you know, th- they won't let him or he's kind of in the back of the cave. And I was like, man, that's such a cool idea. I would have never thought of this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I love stories um and i love history and i kind of get that from my dad but i love all of the little details that you don't see so like when you're reading harry potter you know you don't think of gringotts well what are the little stories for each one of the the workers at gringotts yeah they they work at gringotts but what else you know this guy's gotta be a huge quidditch fan you know, and he goes home and, and reads about the his favorite Quidditch team and how they won or, or, or this or that. And I like hearing these little those little stories outside. So um, I really wanted to develop a world that, yes, it has its main story, its main characters. But what about the little guys? What a, what's going to fill out this world and make it feel even more real? than just that that hero going through and and conquering the epic battle. Mm-hmm. What about that that little maybe not so important priest of the the temple that did something cool and yeah, he got his name recognized but the rest of the world doesn't recognize him. Mhm. Yeah. I like that stuff. <laughs> and say so you're talking about the little guys in Green Guards. It's like I've been to Universal and they just yelled at me while I waited in line for an hour. 
That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true. <laughs> yeah, another thing I remember is uh you're uh you're gonna show me I think it was a the keep, a castle. Oh yeah. And uh you have the keep all made up and you're like, Hold on, don't go there yet. Uh, take this path first, and uh, you took me through this path through. Like, it was kind of like a thick forest area, and uh, you come out of the forest, and you don't notice until you get to that mm-hmm. horizon or that that moment when you come out of the forest, and boom, this huge castle hits you, and it was almost like part of the story, just the yeah. path leading there, and all the stuff in there had a story. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing, also. Yeah, I I um I really like Fwip, um and uh and Mythical Sausage has touched on this, but the the grand reveal um kind of tells that story for you too. Yeah. And kind of gets you excited, gets your heart pumping. Oh, what's around this tree? Because this tree is huge and this is gorgeous. Well, what's around it? What is it blocking? And then you turn around and there's these massive castle walls that, you know, as a uh as a uh, raider, I'm not going to be able to get over these because I'm running out of this this forest, and now I see this ridiculous thing that I have to get over that I wouldn't normally be able to to get over. So it tells a, a huge story, and I like doing that inside of cities too, where you're walking around and maybe you get glimpses of something in, over there in the distance, but you can't see it because of these houses and these other buildings. And then finally you walk down the main street and you turn that corner and bam, there's that big Coliseum or there's that big lighthouse or whatever the case may be. I love it. <laughs> I, I think that tells a, a story in and of itself with that. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm actually playing a little bit with the grand reveal thought process, except more intimate. So like I'm building this mountain for my storage room, right? And it's a mm-hmm. decently sized mountain. But when you go into the mountain, it's this real small, it's supposed to feel like a smaller city, which is just like four houses or whatever, because obviously it's not super huge, but it's it's an outside city. Like you see night sky, but you know you're inside of a mountain, so you kind of understand like going inside this mountain transported me somewhere different and like it's magic. Yeah. Like it just, I can't create a lore like everyone else but (laughs) that's the feeling i want i want you to feel like you're somewhere else when you go inside this mountain well that's that's a fantastic uh a piece of lore as well um and one of my one of my favorite people to talk lore with uh because we we are on very similar mindsets as far as lore goes uh fix it has done a kind of a magical cabin on the realm of vastin where you walk through these doors and it transports you. So that in and of itself, you've created a, a big, huge stepping stone into a fantastic lore. Like you could be on a completely different planet. Mm-hmm. You could be, you know, it, it could have transported you to a different dimension that it's night sky all the time, you know, and these people live in eternal darkness and don't realize what sunlight is. Or anything like that, when in reality it's inside of this mountain and and while you can walk through that portal, they cannot because they can't enter that space yeah that that's a fantastic starting point because now you have okay, so now you can tell me 
well, these people are in a completely different place. So who are they? Where are they? What do they eat because of this eternal darkness? What do they build with? You know, and, and now you're getting back into that, those five steps to kind of explain it. Because now you have all these questions because you're in a new place and you don't know anything about what's going on here. Yeah. Good point. Right. Yeah, I tried, I tried to use some lore last season on the ripple effect. I built a uh, prismarine mountain. And uh, in the middle, I had these uh, a quad uh, beacon. Beacons are pretty ugly, you know. If you just yeah. shoot them up through your build, I'm like, man, how how do I put this in the build? And uh, I made it to where it was powering the mountain, this beam, and it would shoot through. And if you walked into the beam, you could uh, go into what is it? What's the state? I'm thinking like a meditative uh, spiritual state, like Nirvana. Is that what you're talking about? Kinda, we're uh, out of body experience. Okay, yeah. So I I could go then into like spectator mode. As soon as I enter that portal, bam, I'm in spectator mode, and everything's like a different tint, and like mm -hmm. you know, there's less slight echo to everything, to where it's like I'm in a spiritual realm now, but I can see everything and I can fly around. This gave me a good opportunity to show off the server. So I did like a mystical tour. I could, you know, close my eyes and boom, appear in someone's base. And I use some of that. It's a little bit of role play playing too. But uh, yeah, I wanted to build this Prismary Mountain, but I wanted uh, some lore behind it. And that was the start of it. I didn't really get to f finish all of it. So inside the mountain, I had buildings. And uh, because the mountain grew spruce trees, uh, a lot of the buildings were made with spruce. Now that I think about it, I didn't really mean to do that, but yeah, that's it kind of goes with one of your, your process. Absolutely. The food, didn't really think about that. I'm trying to think of your process and what I did last season, because I really like your step process. Um, I had like a villager temple. That's where most of the villagers were. There's like, I, I wanted to uh, cycle through the villagers, you know, and mm -hmm. 1.13, you don't, you can't just put a, a station down and change their profession you got the profession that was put down that was it yeah and uh you'd have to cycle through the villagers so i was like what would be fun for these villagers i made like a sacrificial chamber to where oh, no. i'd <laughs> so mean hit the button yeah i'd get rid of the uh, villager and it would go down a water stream and there was a chance slight chance that it would jump onto another water stream uh flow up and onto the throne there was a throne, and only, I think, one villager can get in the back, but there could be, like, three villagers there, and they would all fight for the throne, and whoever was on the throne was the king of the temple. Ooh. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did that last season. I did a couple of those. I had a lot of fun with those. I think I had an episode where I'm like, okay, this is, uh, what did I call it? Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. The show's called Game of Thrones, the episode, and I just keep cycling through villagers and it was a lot of fun i put words in their mouth like they're talking crap to one another because they're pushing each other around on the throne <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun it sounds like a lot of fun mm -hmm. yeah no that's that's i mean that's a great starting point because now maybe maybe that that villager throne that they're fighting over is almost like that is their god 
um, or their their God on earth. So the the speaker of the God. And so now that's that's getting into that belief system of who are they? So now you have this temple that's built and when they get sent away through that area, now they're being chosen by whatever deity they have. Yeah. They have to prove their worth of being chosen. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's a fantastic start there. Obviously like food's important, but that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't really think about when they're they're building that lore. Yeah, very rarely. Now I know Duds Duds you want to do a pirate lore? Yeah, this season's all kind of pirate based, but I don't I don't know if I'd call it lore. I'm not the best at using lore correctly. Um I've mentioned several times that I'm viewing my world through like the eyes of a Disney Imagineer. Kind of it's it's kind of all for show. But it has to tell a bit of a story at the same time. But I want you to be able to tell yourself that story without me telling you anything. Ooh, That's the way I'm kind of doing it. And I found lore helps when you're stuck. Mm -hmm. So like if you go back to Ripple Season 2, I needed to put a portal in my base. I knew where I wanted it to be, but I didn't know what I wanted it to look like. So I was like, okay, why would a portal be here? What makes sense for it to be in this distinct spot? And then I went, okay. Hmm. My village has some uh, clerics that were playing around with magic. It blew a hole in this wall and created a portal. And if you look at my portal from season two, it's like a big explosion happened and created the portal. Obviously, now the pirate theme this season, I want you to go into these mountains because I'm building multiple mountains as fast as I can. (laughs) I need to to start working on the exterior because they're so spawnable. But... Each mountain is going to house a different aspect of these areas. Like there's going to be a farming mountain that has a couple little farms in it and stuff. And I need to be thinking like, why would these farms be inside this mountain? The way the storage room is, is supposed to be the safe haven for pirates. They found this magical cave. They're living here because it's safe and nobody can find it. And I'm trying to tell that story without like telling you, hey, they're there because it's safe. Yeah. (laughs) Is it like out? Is it like on its own island that you're building it? Yep. Or is it like on the side of a? Well, there's like three little islands right next to each other, and I'm turning each island into a mountain. Okay. And putting everything inside of it. So I know you have a ton of work to do with the uh, the mountains itself. Yeah. But one thing that I really like, uh, I'm I'm a huge Pirates of the Caribbean fan. I love the series. I think they're fantastic mm-hmm. movies, and they've got a lot of fantastic lore to them, too. But the place that they go in the first one mm-hmm. to get Cortez's treasure, it cannot be found by anybody unless they know where it is. Yep. And that like that screams safe. Mm-hmm. Well, what is outside of this this cave? These jagged, rocky formations that make it nearly impossible for any ship to go in there. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what screams safety? Jagged, <laughs> rocky outcroppings <laughs> leading up to maybe like a very nice bay in the middle of it. Um, that would be, that would scream safety to me for a pirate. Yeah. Uh, because pirates would be willing to go and risk getting their boat in there. Mm-hmm. But the people necessarily chasing them would not do that. Well, I have a bit of that naturally in the fact that the entire ocean 
surrounding these islands is full of coral reefs. Ooh. If you're a boat person, you understand you don't drive a boat through there. No. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to go with this is a pirate safe haven. Only they're brave enough to go through something stupid like this. That's fantastic. And that there, the, the landscape tells that lore. Mm-hmm. And it's also called the Dudzian Sea. Hashtag stone that out there. <laughs> Dudzian Sea. I like it. Hey, it took me forever to come with that name. <laughs> <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> There's also, uh, you could also use the lore of, yeah, p- pirates love rum. Mm-hmm. So you can incorporate that. I mean, a- anything that pirates you known for what they're known for, you can always add that in. That helps. Lots and lots of sugar cane. Yep. Sugar cane. I know you have trouble with some of the lore, but I know a five-step system that you can use if uh, you like me to go over that. Well, I mean, like some of the aspects I want to throw in there, like, so I don't want the weather to always be considered good, so I'm going to have shipwrecks on the mountain, like an upside-down ship where maybe a hurricane threw it out of the ocean, and it just landed up on this mountain. Oh, there'd be plenty of lore then. Yeah, and because they're pirates, they're not super handy, so they just turn this upside-down pirate ship into a house or something like that. Ah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going for. That'd be cool to see. That would make perfect sense. I, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's been rushed because I needed a storage room so I could finally move and start working, and now that the storage room is mostly complete except for some decoration stuff, it's like, okay, now I can get into some fun stuff, like we're throwing a pirate ship in the middle of this mountain. <laughs> how i don't know i've been contemplating using the mojang pirate ships that are sunken just so it's more uh on the same guidelines like a sunken ship won't stand out compared to the ships on my mountain but it's like are they gonna be big enough are they gonna be detailed enough they definitely look like ships everyone knows what a minecraft ships look like i like it um and i have some uh some pictures of step-by-step processes to build some larger ships um, from, I, th- I think it's Colt something. I don't remember exactly what the name of it is, but I found it on Imgur. And um, I've built two ships on there, and the step-by-step, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but uh, the ships look fantastic. So I, I can get those to you if you like those. Yeah, awesome, because I do want to build a flagship. So the uh, hero ship that, you know, can never be sunk, stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's cool that you can add in Minecraft lore anywhere in the world, Mm -hmm. like even in the middle of the ocean with no land. Like you can put, you can build a couple ships that are battling. Maybe one ship is a, you know, one pirate group is a part of a different cult or whatever, or maybe they're raiding another ship. You know, maybe you can have that kind of scene there mm-hmm. be pretty neat or an even an underground sea world. Yeah. For me, I've always loved Easter eggs. So like if you go back to Ripple season two, there's like five or six just randomly hidden Easter eggs throughout my base that I never showed on camera never talked about or anything like that. It's just an Easter egg. And I say, hey, there's Easter eggs around here. If you want to go look, go for it. Send me screenshots if you find one. I found two. Yeah. Where were they? Those big yellow and purple Easter eggs. N- not those. Those. Oh, that was the Easter egg hunt. Never mind. <laughs> but I did. I did find two Easter eggs there. Well, okay. So instead of five or six, now there's like eight. Well, no, because those two Easter eggs are gone. I actually think I kept <laughs> one of them. 
Yeah, I think he took him out. I don't know. Either way, there's like stuff hidden around, and I really want that to be a big focus this season. Like maybe I have a lectern with a captain's journal just kind of sitting out. Oh yeah, somewhere, and I want to fill that in with stuff. I love journals as lore injections. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. I want it to be me just kind of again dipping my toes in the water like Mojang does with villages. It's like I'm not telling you the full story. I'm just giving you little hints here, and your job is to build the story around it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, those journals too. Like when when you do have the download for out for people to check out your world and they look at everything they don't have the story and from they kind of got to make it up mm-hmm. but if you do give a journal that gives them a an idea of how things came to be yeah so that's a that's a really good idea and it's definitely gonna reference structures in the area or expeditions where they maybe brought back a bell from a village and then you saw that bell in one of the mountains somewhere and it's like okay so that's where that came from mm-hmm I like it. Maybe it references some buried treasure I've randomly stored somewhere and forgot about for months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of running with that that journal theme, um, I really like to kind of keep all my lore in one spot. That helps me expand it more to the, to where I would like the story to be, but I can also develop characters, develop places, develop buildings, you know, all of that type of stuff. And my favorite resource, and I highly recommend if if anybody listening or if you guys um, want to kind of start to build lore yourself, is to go visit worldanvil.com. It's fantastic. Um, basically, you create your world, so you name it, and and then you create articles. So it, it's basically set up like a way that it tells you exactly what's next. So it's like, okay, so I want to create a hero. What's his name? What's his hobbies? You know, this, that, what did he do? Where does he live? And you can link all of these up by saying, okay, so he lives in this city. Well, this city will be linked to the story about this city. So it tells you where the city is, what's a population, you know, that backstory, that type of thing. So it kind of spiderwebs all your lore together. Yeah. And does it in a way that it tells you this is what you need to do next. And it kind of really makes it easy to set everything up. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend looking into uh, that website. Yeah, we'll have that down in the show notes. What What's the website again? It is uh, worldanvil.com. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely have to put that in the show notes. Never heard of it. It's a... Uh, a lot of people use it for D&D world building. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But I've also seen people use it for uh for like writings. Uh so when people are writing books, um I've seen them use it for that. I've also seen somebody use it for a video game too. So it it can be used for just about anything that you want, but it's a it's a great resource. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I never thought of the D and D, how D and D's like all lore. Oh yeah, I've never got to play it. I've seen it in action a little bit, but never really got into it or played it. But man, D and D would be a great step towards building lore in Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Never thought about that. I mean, I forgot to make that post about doing a ripple effect D and D. Yeah, I'd be game. I like that. Yeah, I I would. I've never played either. I've seen it played. 
but I would be 100% for that. So there'd be three noobs in there. I wonder how they feel about that. Well, don't forget, <laughs> we could probably get a uh, Freddy Bushboy out of retirement. Yeah, he doesn't. Because he's all for some D&D. He did a uh, D&D podcast uh, called Flip Flop Tabletop for a while. Yeah. Ooh. So we might be able to lure him out of some retirement, get him <laughs> chatting again. Nice pun. I really just want to be able to expand because I think we have such great community members and everything for us to do something like a and d game every once in a while or maybe even like a game like Among Us. Yeah. Just like once a month or something like that. Just pull a random game night out. I think that could be really fun. I like it. Oh, yeah. I'm all for it. I do want to mention that this year I am going to have some lure in my build. Right now it's just a giant hole. I understand that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm building a spaceship. I have the story of the lore. I don't want to spoil it too much, and because I don't have the whole lore, <laughs> uh, I'm still thinking uh, thinking up. And I I just came across this five step system that I could use to help me through that. So exactly, maybe I'll share that. Jimbo's lore is the space aliens came down in their spaceship and were trying to suck up a cow, but missed and just took a giant hole out of the ground. And just, just took a, and just spit out a bunch of bees. <laughs> hey, yeah, you have an issue with bees, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I think they have an issue with me. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Every time I see them, I want to. They look at me and I want to hit them. You know, it's they. They're they're provoking me. I get provoked. <laughs> They're provoking you for just flying there. Yeah, that buzzing noise. I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying to me. Jimbo's weak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jimbo's got a big butt. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they're just asking for it. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's show. But before Jimbo reads us out, I want to say a huge thank you to all of our Patreons who are supporting the show. Our Milk Level patrons are Omni Croc, Obeep, Stonefigure, the official CCL, Viperous Tuna, and Whitey Whitey. If you too would like access to the exclusive benefits and hours of extra content each month, please consider at patreon.com slash the withering effect. Yep, and thank you, Brownie, for joining us on the show. It's really nice having you. Mm-hmm. Loved your input on the lure. Thank you very much. I had a lot of fun, and thank you guys for having me. My outro now. <laughs> Uh, if if you like this show you could share it with all your friends and on social media if you listen on Spotify let follow us if you listen on Apple Podcasts leave us a nice review doing any of these really helps the show reach out to more listeners if you would like to get in contact with us send an email to podcast at thewitheringeffect.com tweet us leave a voice message or join our discord where you can have a chat with everyone who works on the show and fellow listeners all the links are in the show notes this show has been brought to you by Jimbo and ourselves, but also our special guest, Brownie Bits, our digital producer, Carl, and our music master, Decoy. Everyone's social media info can be found down in the show notes. You guys have been awesome, as always. Thank you so much for getting with us. You should probably go drink your milk now. Bye. See you guys. Bye.